Having a solution with hundreds of projects can be pretty overwhelming, but luckily we have solution filters that are here to help you create a more manageable workspace. So come and learn more about solution filters on this episode of Visual Studio Toolbox. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Visual Studio Toolbox. I'm your host, Leslie Richardson, and today we're going to be talking about solution filters. So joining me to do that is Kira Weiss, who is a program manager on the VS Core team. Welcome, Kira. Thanks, Leslie. Happy to be here. Awesome. So for the uninitiated, can you tell us what solution filters are and why we should care? Yes. Um, so solution filters are a tool that's targeted towards users who work in large solutions. And basically it lets you open a subset of projects. So instead of having to open all of the projects in your solution, each time you load Visual Studio, you can be selective about the projects that you wanna load. Um, and solution filters have a lot of great features. You can open them from the command line, from um, within Visual Studio. You can easily edit the filter once you've created it and save it so you can have various subsets of code that you want to work on. Um, and then there's a bunch of different ways that people use solution filters. But the big picture is that it basically allows you to open fewer projects than you um, have to, because most developers don't need to load the entire solution if they're only working in a smaller subset. Awesome. So this is probably really good if you have a large project with countless files, right, that I'm sure typically take a long time to open, right? Definitely. Yeah. And there's definitely, so the point, I guess, or the main goal of solution filters is to allow you to work in a more manageable workspace, but there's also that giant added benefit of performance. Um, loading fewer projects, obviously, is going to be less taxing on your machine. And so it works a lot quicker and there's a lot of actions that are a lot faster within Visual Studio as well. That's really cool. So how does it work? Um, yeah. So I can actually walk you through High level, basically, you can go into Visual Studio and you start out by loading projects, loading your solution with zero projects loaded. So maybe that's zero out of 100 projects are loaded. And then you can choose both projects and their entire dependency trees to be added to the filter. And then after that, each time you can treat your filter like an SLN file or a solution file. So instead of opening a .sln file, you can open a .slnf file. Um, and it's pretty great because it's easy to add the dependency trees for each project if you want those. And you can save that and really easily edit it as well. Um, but let me show you in Visual Studio. That will be a little bit easier. Um, I'm going to share my screen now. Let's see. Okay, can you see that? Yep. Awesome. So. I will use this solution that's called Orchard Core, which is about, I think, 160 projects, um, but definitely a large solution. So I'll go to open that project or solution, and then I'll choose the SLN file. And down here, there's this checkbox that honestly is kind of hidden sometimes, but we're improving. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people oftentimes don't notice it, but sometimes might wonder what it is. Um, if you check that and then click open, Visual Studio will load with zero projects loaded. So here I have zero out of 160 projects. Um, then I can go through and choose which ones I need. So as you can see, all of these are unloaded. So if I were to try to open one of these, nothing's there. Um, but if I were to say load 
these three projects, I have the option to either reload the project or reload the project with the dependencies. Um, I'll reload with dependencies. So that was three projects that I selected. Let's see how many projects load. It'll take one second. Um, so 13 projects ended up getting pulled into this. Because cool. part of that um, was dependencies. Yeah, yeah. So 10 of those were dependencies of some sort. Um, and then it's still easy to see. So like these ones have the colored icons next to them versus these ones have the unloaded text still next to them and they're grayed out a, bit, a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, another cool thing is if you right click on the solution file, you can go down here and you can hide unloaded uh, projects. I was going to ask that. It's like, can you filter? <laughs> yeah, because like... Yeah, a lot of the benefit is creating a manageable workspace. So you want to be able to just work within that workspace mm -hmm. and not have to deal with scrolling through the solution all the time. So yeah, you can hide and unhide to show those projects. So right now there's 13 shown. Um, I'll show them again. Now there's hundreds. <laughs> and then the last thing you can do, well, you can also, so you can also just load individual projects if you just need that one project which is nice. And then you can right click on the solution file and actually save this subset of projects. So right here, there's an option to save as solution filter. So I'll go ahead and save that. I'll just do Leslie test and it will save as this file type at the .slnf file. Mm -hmm. um, I will also actually go ahead and show you what that looks like. Um, yeah, like what kind of um, text format this is? And I mean, I know you're about to open it up, but. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll show you though. It's basically, it's really simple to edit. It's really just a list of paths. Um, so if I were, this is a different one, but if I were to open this with say notepad, it is, oh, this one is empty. Well, there would be a list of paths right here. Um, let me open a different one. Um, this one. So you can have multiple solution filters, it looks like? Yes. And it's That's awesome. yeah, so easy to edit from notes. You just copy and paste the, the paths into here. I could delete it from here as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then save that. And then it will open like that next time. Um, let's see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mentioned multiple solution filters. So within the Solution Explorer, there's this button right here that's switched between solutions and available views. So if I were mm -hmm. to click that, um, you can get to this screen where I can see all my different solution filters. So this one right here was the one I first made just now. But like I have these other ones as well. So I can easily switch between those and the full solution if I did want to open that. That's great because sometimes I honestly am not sure what I could do with that alternative um, view. So to be able to go back and forth between all the different solution filters is really convenient. Yeah, and another option I think that's also here that's worth pointing out is folder view is also here. And you can also, even if you have a subset of projects loaded, um, there are limited capabilities with having only a few projects loaded. Like you can only search through the projects you have loaded. You can only build the projects that you've loaded from Visual Studio. Um, so there is limited capabilities, but if you go to folder view, some of those things 
you can do even though you have only a couple of projects loaded. So like you can search through the entire solution if you're in folder view, you can build in some ways, whatever you wanted to build in folder view and then come back to your solution filter and you can do that without ever having to open the entire solution. Awesome, really convenient. So um, you said you talked about how it was easy to edit those SLNF files. So can you just go in and change a path or two like manually and it would update or would you have to do additional things like restart BS or something like that in order to get it to actually kick in? Um, so it will, if you go into the text file and edit it, you'll have to um, restart Visual Studio or just reopen that solution because it won't pick mm -hmm. up on that change automatically. Oh. But so if I were to, okay, so let's say I'm going to close the solution because right now it's saved, but we're not actually working in that filter. And then, oh, also every time you create an SLNF file, it'll show up in your recent. Oh. And your and this, I think it's the jump menu down here. So you can easily open that as well. Great. Um, but so if I open this, and then let's say I'm like, oh, there's a problem that I forgot, or a project that I forgot to add. If I load that project, but I'm working in a filter, so that's not technically saved in the filter, you'll get a pop-up in the Solution Explorer that says Update Solution Filter. And you can choose to do that or not to do that. Like if it's a one-time use file, you probably wouldn't want to, but if it's something you're gonna be consistently using, then it might make sense to add that to a filter. So I'll update that and then now that's added. Excellent. Yeah. So, so this is really great. I'm sure, especially if you're in a team where you're sharing a large, a, a lot of, a large amount of projects, right? So, what about the individual? Like, how can uh, just normal individual developers take advantage of this tool? Yeah. Um, so, I guess there's multiple use cases for both individuals and um, team cases. So, on an individual basis. You might only be working in a couple of projects. It might be bug specific. So you know the general area of the code, but you don't need to load that entire, I don't know, all 100 projects or a thousand projects, say. Right. So you can really do it on an individual basis. And then if that was the case, you could even go as far to add the SLNF file type to get ignore. So then you wouldn't need to share it with the rest of your team. No one would need to do it. No one would need to see it and you could use it on an individual basis. That's one use case. Another use case sort of on the flip side is if you did wanna make it or use them on a team basis, then you can have one person on the team go in and create a few filters and then save those and let everyone use the same exact solution filters for specific tasks. So like one really common use case is people will make a solution filter that has their solution, but doesn't include like any unit tests or any tests at all. Um, and then they can just work in that solution, the solution filter, and then only when they need to test, do they load that, but that might save you from having to, the performance impacts of hundreds of projects. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's people that divide it up by front end code and back end code, by creating solution filters for each of those. Um, 
And since it's easy to switch back and forth between them, you can still like switch to the full solution if you need to search in both, but you don't need the, the effects of having those all the time. Um, there's some folks that have specific tools that they load the code for, but they don't need to access that code all the time. So they'll create a filter of the code without the tool and then have, obviously, if they want to open like the full solution that includes the, code, the tool code, they can do that. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's a bunch of different use cases that people have showed us. Um, and a lot of them are mostly targeted towards large solutions, but even in smaller solutions, you don't always need all the code. Um, and a really big use case as well is for new developers joining the team. I was gonna it say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, it can be so overwhelming to, to get onboarded into a new code base. Yeah. Um, There's just one bug in this one file. Also, here's like a hundred projects that you need to like load at the same time and be responsible for too. <laughs> it's like horrible, yeah. yeah. And especially like searching, especially through like 160 projects that could give you thousands of results if you're looking for like a very specific thing. Um, so yeah, we've seen a, a number of folks that will create a filter for new people or even like not even new people, just like a simplified version of the code base that has a smaller number of projects that's easy to work with. And then if you need to go like really in depth on something else, then you can always load those in. Yeah, that's really cool. And theoretically, you can run this program with those loaded with just those loaded dependencies and everything, right? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, you can always build the projects that you have loaded. Um, you can't build the entire solution if you're working in right. a filter. But yeah, that's the main reason I think that a lot of people like to have dependency trees for building if they want to build the, just that project mm -hmm. um, or that that graph. And then also so that like when they're making code changes, they know that if that code is changed elsewhere, they're catching those and not messing up anything in the larger repo. That's really exciting. So I know this feature was available in VS 2019, where I'm sure it was like a godsend for anyone who had <laughs> a ton of projects like this. But now that we're in or encroaching upon VS 2022, where we have 64 bit and stuff, how does solution filters uh, work with VS 2022? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of improvements that were made either at the very end of 2019 or have been put into 2022. Um, one of the big ones was towards the end of 2019. It, started working for C++. There were a couple of bugs in there for a while. Um, so it wasn't working correctly for C++, but now it does work, which is a huge subset of our audience. So that's really important. <laughs> um, the other things I'd say is we recently added the option to reload project with dependencies into this menu, this context menu on an unloaded project. No, so there was the option to reload project, and then there was you would have to do a separate step by loading the clicking on the project and then going down here okay. to load the entire dependency tree or the direct dependencies. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a little bit more flexibility if people do just want like the first layer of the dependency tree, but we found that most people either want the entire dependency tree or no dependency tree. So we added that here very recently. Um, so that's another thing. I guess the other big thing that will be coming as well in Visual Studio 2022 is we're working on figuring out a way to automatically detect when new dependencies are loaded and then just load those into your filter. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. So that's going to be an exciting one because that can be a little bit of annoyance sometimes um, if people have filters that are or dependency trees that are rapidly changing. Right. Um, so that's something that's coming. And then the final thing with VS 2022, I think, is like as developers are working on code bases for longer and longer, I feel like code bases are only getting bigger and bigger. Um, and it's in a lot of scenarios, it's making less and less sense to have everything loaded all the time because that's just such a performance hit on your computer um, and on like every action that you're taking within Visual Studio. And so I think really emphasizing like only working with the projects you need um, is important. And that's kind of what Solution Filters allows you to do is like you might only need to get rid of, I don't know, four or five projects, but in doing so, there's probably going to be benefits. And so solution filters will be applicable even as performance continues to improve in Visual Studio 2022. That's so exciting. And yeah, just making performance even better than it already is going to be for VS 2022 with solution filters is really exciting to see the tag team. <laughs> yes, I fully agree. And yeah, and there's like, yeah, I feel bad sometimes for people with giant, giant repos. Um, and I'm like, okay, you got to try this because it really does make like such a huge difference in speed and performance and everything. Yeah, like I'm sure when you said C++, it, it's now compatible for C++ users. Uh, I just thought of like game developers, especially. Like, I'm sure this is like a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And like the, for example, the Edge team at Microsoft. So, I mean, they have a huge solution, but it's like around 10,000 projects. Oh, um, yeah. And there's no, I doubt, there's very few developers that really do need to access every single project. Um, there's definitely scenarios, but for the most part, they don't. And so we've worked with the Edge team to get solution filters working for their repo. And for a lot of them, there's huge performance improvements and they used to, and like such fewer lower crash rates um, and just like a much snappier version of Visual Studio. That in conjunction with VS 2022 as well. Good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is really exciting and it's cool to see that it's going to be improved even more than it already has been for VS 2022. So where can people go to learn more and get started with solution filters? Um, well, you can go to the documentation on solution filters. There's also, I mean, this video, there's another video um, that Matt's created, um, uh, Visual Studio Office Hours. And then also if people have any feedback, thoughts, ideas around solution filters, feel free to either email me or tweet me. My Twitter handle is in, I think it's on my name tag. Um, yes. there. Cool. Um, but we definitely want to hear feedback and really understand how folks are using solution filters. And we're, we're really focused on it. So any feedback people have, feel free to let us know. And then, yeah, the documentation, there's a blog post, um, and then any videos are all great resources to learn how to use them. Exciting stuff. So uh, we'll place all those resources in the show notes, definitely. Yes. But um, yeah, aside from that, thank you so much, Kira, for sharing this. This is so exciting. And people can just, you can use this now. It's available in VS 2019 and in VS 2022. So yeah. Thanks for having me, Leslie. And yeah, I really hope people use it and then send their feedback so that we can work that into the next versions. Absolutely. Yeah, so until next time, happy coding.
Thank you.